Father God, our Heavenly Father, we come to you boldly, but only because of the shed blood of Christ and what he has already accomplished on our behalf. And you've invited us to come and to boldly come and to boldly come to receive your uh, blessings, even as it were, uh, to your throne of glory. And that you've invited us, Father, into this intimate relationship is the most precious thing any of us know today, that you've invited us to come and that we are intimately connected, therefore, with you through the great, the incomparable work of our Lord Jesus Christ on our behalf. Thank you for your great love and his in making all this possible and accomplishing your plan of redemption for us in such a special and unique way. And Father, may we be bold to share it with others as you give us opportunity. And certainly as these days seem to be growing dark and darker, there are more and more opportunities to reach out to others, Father, as you bring them uh, on our path. And we have opportunity. I pray that you would show us what that opportunity is, that we'd be aware of it, that we would be willing to speak to those you've placed near us for that purpose. And so, Father, to realize that we are the instruments that you will use is a humbling thing indeed, but but it's also encouraging greatly to, to, to know that your good hand rests upon us and you've enabled us and you've provided us uh, with the very words to share, if only we would uh, stop to consider them often. So, Father, uh, that's our request, that you would make us able vehicles for your precious word of salvation. So much to be thankful for. And, um, Father, we don't remember often enough to be thankful. I pray that you would continue to remind us for every moment of every day you're giving us life and breath. And uh, therefore, we uh, live in the very realm of you, in, in whom Paul writes, we live and move and have our being indeed. So thank you again, Father, for this great opportunity. And we we have uh, in our group those that, in fact, all of us in various ways suffer burdens sometimes seemingly overwhelming. And uh, we certainly pray for our health and those of our dear ones, our friends here in the family of God who have great burdens and trials in life. Whether that's physical, whether it's in family relationships with children, uh, with one another, in marriages, Father, there are many issues. So please give us grace to uh, enjoy each day and each hour and each moment as we realize you're working all things together for our good and that your grace would always be sufficient. And Father, we rejoice that we have this opportunity to be together this morning and can use this technology and I pray that you'd bless our time greatly and may the word that we share together be the word of truth that we take to heart 
and that we therefore are enabled by faith to to stand upon in troubled times. And certainly there are troubled times in our nation that seem to be intensifying. So, Father, may the enemy be, be defeated, at least in our midst, if not in the world at this time. And uh, may we never forget that uh, it is the call, the shout, and the... Uh, <laughs> oh. The time of uh, being drawn into your very, very presence in heaven's glory that we all look forward to. And that is our hope, Heavenly Father. Thank you again. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. Okay, well, we continue today with Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. And the title that I would like to use is the provision of God under grace is bountiful indeed. The provision of God under grace is bountiful indeed. And last time uh, we looked at how the glory of God's grace is revealed in us through our giving. So, as we receive the grace of God, we are therefore enabled to give gracefully as well. And that was our theme last time. You remember uh, those wonderful verses that we uh, focused on in some detail. Second Corinthians chapter 8, verses 8 and 9 sure you all have chapter 8 and 9 in front of you, so you can read there with me. Chapter 8, verses 8 and 9, I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others and to prove the sincerity of your love. For, <laughs> so he's giving them the reasons why they might collect an offering for the saints, the poor saints in Jerusalem. He says, uh, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. And so what Paul is really saying there is that there's a balance provided by God <clears throat> um, between the members of the body of Christ and it's not unlike the balance between uh, God the Father and God the Son and uh, how they have been in a relationship that has endured much um, through the incarnation. Christ gave up all the riches that he had in heaven's glory to come into this earth. He didn't give up all of his knowledge and he didn't give up all of his power. But he did restrain these uh, on many occasions by necessity. And so he was born into this world without sin of any kind. Um, he grew up. His parents knew who he was. We know that from the scripture testimony, right? But uh, over time, they saw him as uh, their son, right? <laughs> and it seems that he even worked with his father, Joseph, who 
even though Joseph really was the official king of Israel, they didn't accept him as such. <laughs> and he was a carpenter. <clears throat> okay. And uh, so the Lord uh, grew up and when the time came, he was revealed to Israel through the work of John, you remember. Um, and uh, and then in a short period of a little over three years, he went to the cross. And at that point in time, and in that humiliating way, ultimately humiliating in so many ways, uh, he bore uh, our sin, he shed his own blood, and uh, in due time, after being in the grave for three days, he then was gloriously resurrected and ascended into heaven after the prescribed period of time. So the Lord God gave greatly and used poverty, the poverty of the Lord, to accomplish our great salvation. <clears throat> and so Paul says, you know about this. So realize that in this life, that in this life we may be very poor indeed, but we're rich spiritually because of the great sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ. And as a result, we're enabled to provide for others what the Lord has provided to us. And his provision under grace for us has been bountiful. And uh, and I won't go into the other verses. You can look uh, online later where I give a review of last time. But I would like us to, to just jump right into the key scripture here this morning. And uh, before we do that, and I will be asking Linda to read there from Philippians 1. But before we do that, let me give you the outline for today. It's all about the bountiful supply. First of all, the bountiful supply of the Corinthians is encouraged, <laughs> strongly encouraged, right? Secondly, the bountiful supply of the Lord is emphasized above all others. We just saw that in that special verse from Second uh, Corinthians chapter 8. And then thirdly, the bountiful supply upon us saints is the gracious gift of Almighty God. Okay, so the bountiful supply of the Corinthians is encouraged. That bountiful supply is emphasized above all others. And that bountiful supply upon us saints is the gracious gift of Almighty God. So, and those are, uh, that's uh, my summary of the verses we'll look at today. So, first of all, the bountiful supply of the Corinthians is encouraged. And to understand it better, it's sort of from behind the scenes, really, as to how God is working uh, in all of us, in all saints. I'd like uh, Linda to read for us from Philippians chapter 1, verses 18 through 21. Paul gives his testimony there. Linda? What then, notwithstanding, every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and therein do rejoice ye will rejoice. For I know that this shall t turn to my salvation through your prayer 
and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation and my hope that, that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is grain. Thank you, Linda. To me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. That's Paul's testimony. And he uses these words here, the supply of the spirit of Jesus Christ. Okay, that's the bountiful supply that we all have received and now enjoy. And each moment of each day, if we're aware of how the Lord's working, we we know that it's his bountiful supply in and through us that changes everything in life. Okay, so let's um, look a little further. I'm going to read from some verses a little bit later in Philippians, um, and then we'll go directly into 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Okay, so a little later in Philippians 1. Reading in verse 27. Only let your conversation, that means your manner of life, your manner of living, be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that ye stand fast in one spirit, with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel, and in nothing terrified by your adversaries, which to them is an evident token of perdition, but to you of salvation and that of God. For unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake, having the same conflict which he saw in me and now here to be in me. Again, for unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake, having the same conflict which you saw in me and now here to be in me. So what's Paul saying here? He's saying God has made this wonderful, bountiful provision. And he says, I'm giving you testimony that that's working in me, and this is how it's worked working, that I might be not only believing on him, but also suffering for his sake. And as we saw earlier, whether in life or in death, uh, he may be victorious. Okay, so that's, uh, I think, the right background concerning the bountiful provision that the Lord has provided to all of us. And he provided to the Corinthians, too. And that's what Paul is telling them about. So, um, Jerry, would you uh, open up chapter 9 for us and read, please, verses 1 through 7. Now, concerning the ministering to the saints, it is superfluous for me to write to you, for I know uh, your willingness, but which I boast to you, to the Macedonians. Achaia was ready a year ago, and your zeal has stirred up the majority. Yet I have sent the brethren 
least our boasting of you should be in vain in this respect, that, as I said, you may be ready. Lest if some Macedonians come with me and find you unprepared, we, not to mention you, should be ashamed of this confident boasting. Therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren to go to you ahead of time and prepare your generous gift beforehand, which you had previously promised, that it may be ready as a matter of generosity and not as a grudging obligation. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes, in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much, Jerry. There, Paul again makes the statements as he did in the previous chapter, so he's really kind of repeating himself, but I think he's he's really saying uh, more here that was so needed to hear, uh, to be heard by the Corinthians, that he does repeat himself in this way. And what he, what he does here is to reemphasize that from the Lord's point of view, since he's the one providing the bountiful supply, uh, that the saints, their responsibility is merely to share what the Lord has provided, <laughs> not to share what he hasn't provided, but what he has, and to do so from the heart. Verse 7 summarizes it very well. Every man as he hath purposed in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity. It's not because of a faith promise or something like that, in other words. It's not because you're under the law and have to carve out the percentages accordingly as Israel was required to do, uh, but rather that we give from the heart in a, a, a bountiful way because the Lord God has provided the blessings that we have. He's provided everything that we have. And you might have read the verse a lot of times and wondered why he says, God loveth a cheerful giver. <laughs> I'd like to give you a little bit of insight on that. The Greek word translated cheerful is the very word, the root of which we get our English word hilarious from. <laughs> hilarious. Okay. <clears throat> so if you were going to make a really wooden-headed translation, it would say, God loves hilarious givers. Well, hilarious. <clears throat> what is that all about? It's about laughter. Doesn't laughter come from the heart? That's where it comes from. And then other people hear the words that are shared, if they're real words or just sounds, right, of hilarity, of laughter. Um, they come from the heart. And so he says, God loveth a heartful, hilarious, or cheerful giver. <laughs> I think it's uh, well said. Uh, and I think the Holy Spirit knows how to choose the right words uh, in inspiring the scripture for us here. 
So what we see is that there's therefore this divine balance that verse 6 emphasized again um, that makes all the difference to our lives, spiritually speaking. The Lord has provided. He's provided physically for some much, for others not. He's provided spiritually for some much, for others not. And we saw last time uh, how God is the one who intends to make the balance work out just right. All we need to do is enjoy the Lord each moment of each day and to be a, a testimony for him. And that's where we get here in the next verses. So in the next verses, we see how the bountiful supply of the Lord is emphasized above all others. And I'd like Anne to read what I've often considered my favorite verses here in this in this section. So Anne, Second uh, Corinthians chapter nine, verses eight through eleven. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound in every good work, as it is written, he hath dispersed abroad, he hath given to the poor, his righteousness remaineth forever. And he that ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food, and multiply your 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 seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causeth through us thanksgiving to God. Thank you. Thank you, Anne. Now, Paul uh, has repeated the word all, or the related word um, every. If I count correctly, I may be leaving one out, but it looks like six times just in these four verses. Six times to make it so clear that God is the one, the Lord God is the one. He is the one who is able to work it all out. He is able to make all grace abound toward you. So that this divine balance within the members of the body of Christ is exactly what the Lord has ordained. That's his goal, uh, that we might enjoy his bountiful supply above all others. Oh, my. Wonderful. Gail, I want you to read later on in the same letter how Paul again uh, speaks of his own testimony in this regard. Uh, so Paul needed in his daily living to rely on the Lord, just like we do, right? And to rest in the Lord. And so Gail, read about how the Lord worked it out so that Paul himself was convinced of God's always sufficient grace. Gail? And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I gather glory in my infirmities, I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. 
Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and in reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Amen. Thank you, Gail. Precious words indeed, reminding us so well of our own circumstances with many burdens and trials, right? And yet the Lord uses these and those of many around us to make opportunity to do what Paul has done right here. What has he done right here? He's testified of the sufficiency of the grace of God for every circumstance in life. Amen. Amen. Patty, your turn to read verses 12 and 13 and 19 from Philippians 4. I know both how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. And then 19. But my God shall supply all your need, according to his riches in glory, by Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Um, and there we see the bountiful supply, right? Paul's testifying to that. I know you may read verse 19 and think he's talking about heaven's glory. I, I think he's talking about right now in our lives here, day by day. God supplies our needs, okay? That's a promise. He supplies our needs, but according to his plan, right? According to his riches, in glory by Christ Jesus. So this is the working out of the bountiful supply of the Lord, which he says we must always emphasize that above all other provisions, right? Okay, now, what can I say about that to make it uh, apply directly to we ourselves, maybe a, a little bit more? It's one thing to recognize the truth of what's written here, okay? Okay, as believers, we should all be willing to accept this truth as it's written. Paul is testifying to it. He says it's true. He says it's true for us, right? He says the grace of God is always sufficient, too, right? But <laughs> we must receive that truth. And as I said last time, when you've received the grace of God, the natural course of events is then to share it with others. And how do we share it? In many ways, but one way is by testifying. And I think that that's something we often do not do. Because we may think others don't want to hear it from us from us poor ones. Our, as we may be suffering at the time, right? Telling others that the Lord is sufficient, his grace is sufficient. Uh, it may seem out of place to share that with another. And yet, unless it's shared, unless it's testified, how will they know how God is working in us? So we are therefore their witnesses, you see, just like Paul was ours. So, what I'm saying is that we not only need to enjoy a bountiful provision, but we also need to testify it. 
to others. And if we don't, we're coming short of what God wants to do in and through us. And Paul makes that so clear in all of his letters, right? Okay, now let's go on to the final point today, which is that the bountiful supply that's upon us, saints, is the gracious gift of Almighty God. And that's what Paul summarizes here in these last uh, <clears throat> verses in, in this chapter. And verses 12 through 15 are really quite wonderful indeed. Uh, Lewis, would you like to read those for us? For the ministration of this service, not only supplieth the wants of the saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgivings unto God. Whilst by the experience of this ministration, they glorify God for your professed subjection unto the gospel of Christ and for your liberal distribution unto them and unto all men. And by their prayer for you, which long after you for the exceeding grace of God in you. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. What is the unspeakable gift that is referred to here? Well, what does it say in the previous verse, right? It is the exceeding grace of God in you. Okay? Now, look at the notes later when I post them to Liberty Messenger because I, I try to give there what Paul had on his mind while he wrote these couple of verses because you might read over and over and say, I don't really know what he's referring to here specifically. Well, it's all about the gifts that were being collected, right, that were going to be taken to Jerusalem. And I, I give more more explanation uh, there in the uh, uh, handout there on the, the website. If you look at it later, you'll see. But the basic idea is when we share the bountiful blessings that the Lord has provided to us with others, whether that's physically, financially, spiritually, however it is, when we do that, he says, others see it, some know it, and give great thanksgiving to God. And the thanksgiving to God is multiplied, therefore, through our gifts, okay? That bless others in way we, ways we can't even conceive of. Eternity will give us the details of how much they were blessed. Right? Eternity. Then we'll know what we don't know now about how others were so blessed. And we are being blessed today, I pray and hope, by Paul's words that we're uh, considering here this morning. And so this is just one example of what we're talking about. How God's grace was shared with others and they were blessed and great thanksgiving and glory was given to God for for what? For his unspeakable gift. You can't even define it in its magnitude and all of its dimensions. It's so much more than anything we can share in words with others. And yet we use the words that he gives us and they are enough. They are sufficient. What a blessing it is to be a minister for him. 
Well, that's what this final verse is about. And I'd like Lydia to read for us. Romans chapter 5, verse 17. Lydia, please read those words again for us. We consider them often. For, for by one man's offense, death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gifts of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lydia. How much has death reigned through the one man's offense? Are you soberly considering it this morning? We spoke earlier when we were sharing our prayer requests of some of those burdens, right? And looking at the world and the darkness there and the way that lies seem to be growing in their power day by day. Even in our own nation, even in our own midst, we are in contact with others often and hear them speaking words of offense, words of unbelief, words of really disgrace. Disgrace is what we hear around us, right? And yet we have the words of grace to share with them, right? So it says here, if by one man's offense, death reigned by one, and we see it reigned. And in fact, death reigns in this world, all going back to Adam. So he says, much more, much more than that. So when you compare them, there's no comparison, he's saying. They which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. So our righteousness is nothing. It is the Lord's that we bear about in our own bodies, right, and reflect back to others, right? The gift of that is it's a free gift. And when we dwell in the truth of that and share that with others, then it's the abundance of grace that's ruling in us. Amen and amen. That's a beautiful, beautiful way to put it. And it's encouraging, isn't it? It's so encouraging to see how God's bountiful supply is what makes all the difference for us now, for us, us later in the day, tomorrow, next week, if the Lord gives us more days and weeks. Surely, if he catches us up into heaven's glory today, we'll then see the many, many revelations of that grace even far more than we ever have here. But he has made such a wonderful introduction of our eternal glory to us, has he not, through this precious word. So praise God, praise God, and thank him now and always for the unspeakable gift. That's our Lord Jesus who dwells within us, giving us eternal life and the hope of glory. Praise his heavenly name. Any any uh, questions or comments before we close in prayer today? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for gathering us today and for all the blessings of being together here 
On this beautiful day that you have made, we will rejoice and be glad in it. For our focus has been turned from the affairs of this world, which sometimes we can't ignore, over to the eternal glory of our Lord Jesus and how he's even sharing that today and this hour with us individually and personally. Thank you, Father, that we can always rest, therefore, in the all-sufficient working according to your grace. Thank you, Father, for Paul's testimony, his example. Yes, he suffered much for our sakes, and yet (laughs) now he's rejoicing in your presence, and we shall soon be there as well. So, Father, as we listen for the the voice and the call and the shout uh, into heaven's glory, I pray that you'd uh, make us fruitful, and may we be bountiful, and uh, may we see this life as just one series of opportunities after another to reflect your glory and grace. And we would thank you, Father, in Christ's name. And amen.